1: Good afternoon, this is Front Row on The Bigger Picture. I'm Julia Jacobs, commissioned by the British Council back in 2011. Super Everything was a live cinema performance project that explored identity, ritual and place in relation to Malaysia's past, present and future. Created by UK audiovisual artist The Light Surgeons in collaboration with a diverse bunch of Malaysian artists, the performance is described as a fusion of music, field recordings, filmmaking and real-time moving images that transports its audience on a journey through a series of universal narratives. Now, more than a decade on, Malaysian audience audiences will be treated to a special screening of a performance of Super Everything recorded at the Hackney Empire in London in 2013. So, the screening will also be interspersed with a series of discussions with the Light Surgeons, who are back in Malaysia to sort of discuss, you know, how the project has taken off since then and uh, how the project has evolved since 2011. Uh, I'm joined by Christopher Thomas Allen, founder and director of the Light Surgeons. He was the artist director and creative producer of Super. Everything also Tim Kawi, music director and one of the leading artists on the project. They join me now to share more. Welcome, gentlemen. How are you today? Very well. Good. Lovely to yeah. have you uh, on the show. And uh, yes, we spoke to you uh, back in 2011 when you guys were here to to you know first put this project together and to perform it. So it's really nice to have you back on the station. Um, and I understand you know this trip back to Malaysia is the first time that you guys are coming back since 2011. Yeah,
2: that's correct. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's right, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, okay, so you're in for a lot of changes, definitely. <laughs> but um, take me back to 2011, you know, when this uh, when this project was commissioned. Uh, you know, before, I, I had, were you familiar with Malaysia, you know, our art scene, our cultural scene, uh, before, you, before you came here and, and embarked on this project?
2: I had been before on a trip and done something in a nightclub in KL. So I had visited Kuala Lumpur. But yeah, I really, on a very surface level, not in any way the level engagement and what we were kind of who we were introduced to and the cultural kind of landscape that we were sort of uh introduced to through the british council was is it was a totally different experience
0: um in 2011 was my first time in malaysia and i think it was my first time other than japan in in that part of a um yeah asia it's whole. Um so it was yeah, for me it was quite a quite a new experience. Well very new experience coming to Malaysia.
1: And and it must have been really interesting, you know, as Chris was saying because you had access to so many so many things, I guess, you know, that you wouldn't natu- uh, usually do as a tourist, right? Because you went from our KL streets, you went to remote villages, you visited forests, uh, I think all the way up in Klantan and Kuala Trunganu, if I'm correct. I mean, talk to me a little bit about um, coming here and, and encountering all these different aspects. Uh, talk to me again, I guess, you know, about what it is that you guys were trying to do when you came here back in 2011.
2: Well, the first thing I think to say is that... Um, we were invited by the british council and we did a research trip so before we even started to film anything mm-hmm. and what really informed the entire project was a week-long kind of uh, scoping visit uh, and during that time um we were looked after by a guy called gray U. he connected us with so many different people um Mu- musically, I mean, it, the project was sort of commissioned by a woman called Joel Mills, who's now the head of music at the British Council. Um, and it was off the back of another live cinema project that we did in America, where we worked with a lot of different musicians as part of the project. So she saw that and she really liked that. But the the, the trip, the research trip was was really, I think it was really sort of fundamental because it sort of introduced us to so many different things. Because at that point, we didn't know what the subject was.
1: Mm.
2: And the British Council was saying, oh, you maybe you want to do something about identity. And we were a <laughs> bit like, whoa, that's kind of like broad. <laughs> um, but, you know, it. it we just so, there was so much, it was so such a wealth, such a rich mix of different, you know, cu- cultural cultures, languages, so many different themes that the sort of idea of Super Everything came out of that. We came back to the UK... Myself and Tim, we'd written up all these notes um, and we sort of put them on on a piece of paper and we sort of tried to structure sort of like a narrative art through all of them, um, which m- might, looking back on it now, seems a little bit sort of naive, but actually <laughs> I think the result is something actually that really makes a really beautiful piece of work. It sort of transcends one country, one culture and gets to something very human, which, um, I think really resonated later on when we toured it with other people from other countries.
0: Yeah, I think it was a, it was so nice to have that trip. It was really important and kind of gave us time to reflect um on on the themes and the people that we'd met. Um rather than sort of going in and writing a proposal or sort of doing something very quickly, and um, we had some time to to sort of really digest all that material we, and also to sort of meet people without the pressure of having to be interviewing them um or or filming them or anything you know we weren't doing sound recordings at that point so it was very much a trip to to meet and to get it, um lost in malaysian culture which was really really fundamental to the project i think
2: oh um, i think we learned a lot and i i read a book by a guy called farish Noor. no mm-hmm. farish Noor. no yeah. he, he did a book i think it's called what your grandmother didn't tell you but that was very influential on me um gray had given me that and um that really sort of, you know, there's it's, it's fascinating, the history, the colonial connection with, with Britain, because we were very conscious of being these sort of white English people coming to Asia to make a piece of work. You know, we really wanted to, you know, confront that. And um, so the kind of concept of Super Everything at its sort of genesis was really, for me, it was about, there was this bit in the book where he talked about how the British had used the census to divide up the population Mm -hmm. and to sort of put people in boxes, because a lot of the conversation we'd been having in Malaysia was around this idea of identity through different racial, cultural kind of like stereotypes or sort of, you know, and a lot of that goes back to a British colonial rule and like how the, 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 the kind of makeup of the country is a sort of, you know, the, the British government bringing in these different kind of communities to do the tin mining or the rubber plantations or whatever. So sort of became very interested in that and how we'd used this sort of systematic sort of form of um, the, these censuses to sort of divide people, really, and to sort of put people in boxes and to sort of rule over them. And we thought, well, can we not use a sort of census approach to sort of undo that somehow and to sort of try to see how, we have this sort of collective commonality. And so that's basically the principle of a lot of the the, the interviews were conducted through this very sort of, you know, with with, with this sheet of kind of very open and broad questions that we were sort of kind of replicating from this idea of the census. Um, And so that, again, that came out of that research trip, that space that we had at the very start of the project to really think and to consider and to form relationships. And that was really uh, an amazing honour that we were given by the British Council, I think, and it really—it's—it's—it's it's, it's tested time, you know. You know with a lot of the relationships we're still in contact and close to those artists that we work with.
1: And that must have been a wonderful experience, right? Coming here, given pretty much a blank slate, isn't it? And then kind of uh, absorbing everything. And I imagine uh, unlearning a lot of things perhaps about what you thought you knew about, uh, I guess, Commonwealth Mm -hmm. countries or Kuala Lumpur and all of that.
2: Exactly. Yeah, No. Definitely.
1: Tim, how was it for you? Um, you know, meeting so you obviously collaborated as as um as Chris was mentioning, you've collaborated with a lot of uh, local performing uh, artists as well. I think Rhythm in Bronze and you you know Gamelan and things like that. I mean, talk to me a little bit about those experiences of you know uh, meeting the local, uh, your local collaborators.
0: Yeah, sure. We met with Hands Percussion, uh worked with hands percussion, worked with rhythm in bronze and uh chorgwanton and um a producer called Flickr and it was obviously fascinating kind of engaging with these other artists and their different kind of musical backgrounds, um, trying to learn things like the way that they're playing their instruments, how we can work together. And I think the relationships we built up over the time uh, became really powerful. Um, it was a, it was obviously a challenge. It would sort of come in for a very short period of time and, um, have these quite short face-to-face collaborations. And then we had to kind of go away and work remotely, which 10, 12 years ago, wasn't as easy and common as it is now. So sort of these kind of distance barriers and language barriers that we had to manage were um, were quite challenging. But I think um, the the face-to-face time that we had and the time when we, we got in the studio together um, were really valuable. On our first production trip, we did a, a session with Rhythm in Bronze and Hands Percussion, where we we asked them to perform um, things that they wanted to play and and to to sort of improvise over different tempos. Um, and um, that wasn't sort of written from from us. It was kind of you know let let them sort of play their instruments and show us what they wanted to to, to do. Mm. Um, and those were all recorded. Um, and then we took that all back to the UK and sort of shuffled the parts around and chopped them into pieces and put them into different kind of tracks so we had this sort of overarching narrative structure um and we sort of cut you know sort of thought this pick could go well with this this uh piece of narrative um and then that kind of made up the foundation of the music that we made um and me guan and um Usang Flickr, um, he, we all started building on top of these and adding layers. So we tried to make it um, sort of as collaborative as possible. Um, and then it kind of, we came back to Malaysia and when we did our shows, everything changed again and we kind of built on it and we added more live music. Um, so it sort of, it really got made in tandem with the video, you know, as the film was coming together, things were being added musically to try and um one of the ways we often work is we try and make the music and the visual material and the narrative all together at the same time. So there's a real kind of um, synergy between them. That 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 um, I think if you kind of do the music at the end, it's it, there's you're reacting to the it, um, to the narrative. So I think it kind of lets all parts react to each other and help inform each other.
1: I get why the title is super everything right because there's just there's just a bit of everything there right um it's it's quite a lot and you know for someone who can't quite visualize what I don't know if you want to call it the end product was right you know what you guys uh what the the performance uh, was in Kuala Lumpur I mean it's it's called a live cinema performance right I mean how would yeah how would you describe what what happened on stage uh back in Kuala Lumpur back in 2011
2: Yeah it's a funny one isn't it because sort of we struggled with kind of defining the sort of work we started to make And the term live cinema describes it quite well in a way. It's sort of somewhere between a live music gig and a sort of video installation. Yeah, that's probably the easiest way to describe it, I would say. Um, It's a theatrical performance. So it's it's a sort of installation in a sense. You have a screen at the back of the stage and there's a sort of transparent screen at the front of the stage. And there's a projector that's projecting at the audience and creating shadow. So we very consciously sort of referenced the sort of Wine kulit Shadow Puppet Theatre, which is in the piece. And we work with Pusaka, um, who are putting on the event at um, Elam Gallery on Saturday. They, um, Edin Koo, who's one of the people that speaks throughout the whole show. Um, he works a lot with with uh, traditional theatre and we went up to Kalantan and we worked with a gr- group up there and we filmed them. and. That's part of the show, but it's sort of at the beginning, it's about this idea about cinema <clears throat> and storytelling. And what we're sort of trying to say with with the way we're we're approaching sort of live cinema is it's a sort of it's a it's a it's a sort of revisiting that idea of performative storytelling. So there's elements, there's there's edited pieces, but we're performing the sound live. There's live um, different different kind of configurations of live music with it, with its touring because we couldn't always have all the Malaysian collaborators with us. Um, So um, sometimes you see those musical things appearing on the screen. It's a kind of collage. It's kaleidoscopic. We even were using smell um, in the show and blowing incense at the audience. There's interaction with the audience through Twitter. So at the beginning of the show, there's a sort of Twitter wall that the audience can tweet at and they can talk to each other and then later on in the show it comes back to this kind of question about freedom of speech and um your identity on the internet and anonymity and all these sort of questions which remain super super kind of like relevant and um day yeah. so there's lots of things going on but it really is um yes yeah, it's sort of hybrid um m- m- multimedia theatre i suppose you could call it that i mean Live cinema is just a, a simple kind of nice two worder, but yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs>
1: Very immersive, from what I understand, right? I mean, you're re- yeah. The the I remember um, I missed the performance, unfortunately, back in 2011. But you know, uh, my friends who attended said, you know, the smells, the sound, the light, mm-hmm. everything just kind of came together to you to a yeah. whole different place. Yeah, we had these
2: ladies, but we had these ladies boiling spices. Yeah, we only ever did on the first show, <laughs> um, we could never do this again because we couldn't in that. But we had these uh, these ladies boiling up these pans of spices, and when all the there's a part in the show where it talks about national identity and food being the point where people kind of feel connected as Malaysians. And so we were wafting this spicy smell. It was, I mean, for me, it was experimental, but I think it really is. It's sort of transgressive. It's something beautiful about it. Um, there's another part where it's talking about faith and belief. And we're looking at all these layered images of different, um, you know, kind of mosques and and uh hindu ceremonies and rituals and the incense from all these kind of um chinese temples and stuff and it's it's just it's for me it's it's that that combined with the music and the strings that we wrote with this um heritage orchestra char Char guan and tim both added to this project about two years after we did the initial show we received some funding from the arts council england and so um we we added this sort of string music, this class contemporary classical layer to it, and all those things together. I think yeah, it really it moves me every time, um, and the music is just amazing. And it's we've just released the music um, as a soundtrack that's now out on a, as a record and and um, on all the streaming platforms. And yeah, I think it's it's just a beautiful um, fusion of, of of music and film and documentary. Um, you're so completely yeah.
0: surrounded but when you're in the when you're in the um, the theatre. You're totally surrounded by everything. So, so the sound is is um, presented in surround sound. So you have sounds coming from behind you. The, because you're projecting, we project through this gauze screen. You get this spill that falls onto the walls that surround you. So your peripheral vision, there's projection that's sort of incidental, but it kind of really wraps around you. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, it's very enveloping. Um, and then all of the performers become silhouettes and shadows in that front screen. So you sort of, you, it, it, you know, like the and they kind of. The, the performers become shadows on on screen, and we sort of then use l- lighting to sort of bring that, emphasise that in certain places as well. Um, and also, actually, it's worth note: uh, Guan does all this sort of live Foley on stage. So in the part about vegetables, he's chopping vegetables, and we have uh, microphones on his chopping board. So he, you, you get, and he's chopping in rhythm to kind of. um create
1: ASMR.
2: This sort of... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a bit. ASMR, like a bit of that. <laughs>
1: um, sounds. I mean, it sounds almost like it takes you to a sort of mystical sort of place, almost. And you know, a lot of our culture and our traditions are all you know based, uh, you know, rooted in myth and, and and you know all these sorts of rituals and everything. It sounds. So it sounds almost like a yeah, almost like a ritual that that happened, uh, bringing together all the different cultures, all the different things uh, that you guys. The ritual
2: about rituals as well. I mean, it's yeah? talking about all of the, the narrative is about trying to make people think about like other other things you wouldn't you wouldn't call checking your email or your facebook a ritual but it it, it sort of is you it know is, that's yeah. like every day. temporary so sort of trying to think about and then that's what brings us on to this question about ecology and the environment and like kind of what are the impact of our everyday rituals on things like that so we have some really amazing um stuff uh from a woman called Cameron nisa who was um working for the malaysian youth climate justice network mm-hmm. at the time and so lots of the sort of you know it sort of starts off with something simple but but all these things are connected I mean that's the thing you kind of think about that's why it's super everything because all these you know you know our past our history is 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 why we're we're destroying the planet you know our colonial history is 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 embedded in in the kind of you know the makeup and the 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 kind of cracks and the the, the cultural landscape of these countries that but we were we colonized you know so it's it's sort of, it, it's 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 um for me it makes per- perfect sense as a title as a piece of work but I also i think it really it's not um didactic it's not something it's so sort of preachy and going oh you know it's just telling a sort of a, a kind of universal narrative that connects to different people from different countries
1: it was that funny was when we
2: did for the first time in india people were like kind of cheering and coming up to us afterwards and going, wow, you know, because there's so much Indian culture in it as well. So yeah. it's, it sort of connects to all these other places. And that's really beautiful in a way. You know, the sort of the. the, the Yeah. Tim, Sorry, Tim, Tim, I jumped on That's
0: all right. I think um, one of the things we really wanted to, to do with the piece was make sure it was a, a universal narrative. So it was something that everyone could relate to. Uh, obviously, it's filmed in Malaysia. Malaysia's the sort of looking glass, but it um all of these issues and and um ideas are, are relevant to everyone. I think it's you know, it sort of tells a human story rather than uh, that's that's broader than 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 a sort of one place. um and everywhere we've we've toured to lots of different countries with it, and everyone feels like they get something from it personally, I think, rather than it just feeling like a, a sort of a looking glass into to, to someone else's culture. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was actually was my. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just going to ask about you know the fact after Malaysia, you did take the show out uh, on the road literally, and you went to many different places, right? So, um, yeah, like you said, so there was something for everyone, right? So it was uh, quite universal the themes as well. People could relate to things.
2: Yeah, one of the ma- most oddest places we did it is in downtown LA, in the middle <laughs> of the skyscrapers in an outdoor wow. park. Okay. We did a we did a really big show. That was when was that Tim? Was that I'm starting to get confused with the dates now. But like um, that was was
0: 2014 or 2015. I can't remember.
2: We did it at Glastonbury Festival on a sort of 360 degree stage with surround sound. Um, That was one of the last big London shows of it. Um, We just did a we we sort of kind of did a show. uh, Actually, yeah, we, we performed it in London for the first time in a while. Um, a couple of weeks ago. And we showed it in a very different way. We sort of exploded it and projected it around a room. So it was much more of an installation and people sitting inside it. So it's evolved technically through its touring. It's changed the lineup of the music. Sometimes me and Tim have performed it together without Guan because he couldn't make it or can be there. We couldn't afford him for it. Smaller kind of festivals, can't always afford international flights and everything. We've done loads of shows with me, Tim and Guan. We've done it with um, members from Rhythm of Bronze, members from Hands Percussion, and then we've toured it with um, the, the string music as well. So it's it's got a, yeah. this sort of ensemble cast, this sort of kind of musical kind of uh, mix that we, we've done in different ways.
1: So would I be right in yeah. saying that not every performance will be the same, so every performance will be different?
0: Yeah, absolutely, every performance is different. Um, just by the very nature of how it's played um we we're making choices and decisions on on how things are layering up um and it's been on a, a big journey it's evolved as it's being played so the, the first few shows that we did in KL was very much it was just about ready to play and I would one of the really lovely things about a show like this is you can change it so you can think okay that bit didn't work so well how can we kind of you know let's take out that that drum beats so that the voice has more space to kind of um to have the power that it needs to have so you can kind of reflect on each show and add and change to it and like chris said the 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 personnel who's available to have the LA show that he mentioned was the only time that we managed to do it with the string trio and the percussion players so that was really special we had the the you know as close to a full kind of ensemble as as it gets and yeah, so that was a very special show. Um, we did a, a series of shows in Adelaide at the Oz um, Asia Festival. And that was we did a run of five shows and we had Jimmy and Sue from Hands Percussion mm. and um, Umar from Rhythm in Bronze, as well as Guan um myself and Chris. Um, but what was really nice about that was that we did a run of five. So we had time the, the, to to change it with them playing live as well. So, we, you know, each night we reflected on on what worked well and how we could um make it better for the next performance or um switch things Yeah, the out.
2: theatrical run was with that with that show was probably one of the best we did and i, I just remember yeah we had like jimmy playing like a, a sort of shopping trolley and like lighting him and i think the theatrical thing is is the more time you have in a space because it's quite technical to set it up is brilliant you know But I think the other thing I was going to say about live cinema in general is, yeah, this idea that it it can evolve. It's a bit more like soft cinema. You know, it's like software. Mm -hmm. It's like it's iterative. So you can kind of have version one, version two. You can sort of react to what's happening in the news. It can be kind of satirical. It can comment on what's going on, and it can also potentially interact with its audiences. So I think in more in a general terms, I think this area of kind of art is is really exciting and it also gives people a way to make money as performers rather than you know if you're a musician and your works on Spotify as ours is you know no one's kind of going to making a living out of that anymore so the 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 experience the event is really important and and, and all the major artists know that and that's why you know very often they, they they spend a whole lot of money on a on a kind of big kind of visual show you know Mm. and so um, what we're sort of sort of saying is you know artists should really collaborate or kind of try to work holistically on both things and you know it's just a very exciting space to kind of be in really between sort of software and music and all the different things gaming engines as well now as as a sort of form of creativity and platform so yeah it's a really exciting space to be to be working in to do things with
1: And, you know, if you guys were to come back and and perform it, it would be so different, isn't it? Uh, Because now with. Yes, please. We'd love to do that. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it would be wonderful. But, okay, but you guys are here uh, on Saturday, um, you know, and there is going to be a a performance screening. There's also going to be a discussion with you guys, with uh, your Malaysian collaborators. Um, Just, you know, very briefly, if you can just share what what people can look forward to uh, this Saturday.
2: Yeah, so we're going to screen. a film that we've made that the British Council um, supported us to edit, which has been sitting around for a while. It's um, the best documentation of of the sort of theatrical show. It was a a show we did with the Barbican um, at Hackney Empire. And we're going to screen that and we're going to kind of break it into three acts, basically, which goes back to the original kind of structural kind of ideas around when we made it. We thought of it in three acts and each act has three parts. And they cover a series of different themes which hang underneath these acts. And um, we're going to have this sort of breakout kind of discussions, conversations. It's pretty, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to sort of see people, some of the people who are speaking in it, some of the different musicians we work with, basically just reflecting on it and talking about, um, yeah, what's changed, what hasn't changed, um, what the experience was like for them. So I think people get a really interesting kind of dive into the whole project you know they're really young they'll get a sense of the kind of how the project was made um the challenges of that and also yeah get to sort of interrogate it a bit as well because you know we we're you know we're we're 10 years older we've both had kids you know me and Tim have both got two kids since we started doing this project (laughs) so the world's changed for us as well um so we'll be reflecting a bit but I think on the main it will be the Malaysians kind of you know talk, talking about it and and responding to it hopefully yeah
0: I'm fascinated to, to hear how um how it resonates with the audience that we we show it to on the weekend and 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 the questions and the reflections that that people have from seeing material that's that's now over 10 years old and like you know how how whether the how the themes are relevant today um and if there's anything that sort of really doesn't you know, it's changed or like, you know, like that doesn't make any sense anymore. Or, or yeah, I'm curious to hear how people re- react to it. Yeah,
1: either how far we've come or how little we've moved. Right. Who knows? <laughs> sure. Yeah.
2: What do you think changed the most in the last 10 years? Yeah, like in, Mal- in Mal-
1: Gosh, our political system has changed so much. Uh, our... Yes, you know, our back when you guys came, you know, he was the opposition leader and now he's the prime minister. So our whole political landscape has changed. They were
2: trying to lock him up for sodomy when we were over there. They did. I remember that being a big they kind did. of thing. Oh, they did lock him up yeah. for sodomy. Yeah, so that was... That was the whole sodomy thing. Was a kind of interesting conversation.
1: Yes! Oh my gosh! Yes, it was exactly at that time. That was the second time that they were they were doing that, uh, which they succeeded in doing. And and now ten he is the prime minister of Malaysia. So and we've had crazy sort of like political upheavals, you know, especially uh, during the pandemic time. So yeah, I would say our political landscape has changed. A lot, Um, But there's also been a rise in polarization, I would say, here in Malaysia, uh, as we saw at our last general election. So there's been a lot of um, those sorts of issues, issues of culture, issues of belonging, uh, you know, issues of what it means to be a Malaysian, who is Malaysian. I think those are interesting topics. And I think that's changed in the last Mm -hmm. 10 years as well. So, yeah, I think if you guys come in and, you know, do another sort of session of exploring, it's going to be very, very different from what you uh, experienced uh, 10 years ago
2: be fascinating sure. to do a sort of re- revisit some of the, the questions and
1: yeah. almost
2: make a kind of coda to the piece somehow we'd, we'd love to explore those sort of possibilities
0: yeah
2: um yeah that's really interesting thanks for asking my question um, <laughs> I think that's what we're really hoping to sort of learn again you know yeah. um because we feel like we've taken this piece of work sort of around the world and sort of presented <laughs> it and lived mm. it and listened to the people's comments and we, we, we um yeah, they, they've affected us, you know um, and Absolutely. and I've learned so, so so much from from Edin particularly from Bernie's um Chaldry, who's an amazing poet and writer who gave, gave an incredible interview and just so, so much wisdom in the in the, the comments that I think is still timeless personally. lots of the things that are said um are, are very timeless sort of ideas. But it's really mm. fascinating to know how how things have changed in Malaysia, and we're really super excited to be coming back. You know.
1: Yes, and we always as- yeah, have a no.
0: little sound bites that kind of you know I, that come to mind um, from the show mm. all the time. You know, like there's yeah. the things that I do or, or things that happen in my life where I have Edin's voice come in, and it's like okay, you know, like or or, or Bernice, or like you know one of the other interviewees. Kind of, there's these sort of these little kind of bits that that just sort of um resonate and reverberate around like my daily you know sort of daily life um so it's it's always with me somehow.
1: <laughs> well, we're really looking forward to seeing you uh, on Saturday. Um, so the event is uh, happening at Ilham Gallery, Level Three, from three to five PM. Uh, admission is free, but you do need to register. We'll pop that link in the podcast uh, descriptor. Um, and I hope that super everything gets to be staged again in Malaysia. Let's hope you know. Let's hope people are listening and uh, that happens. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for joining me today.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks Thank for having
1: us. I was speaking to Christopher Thomas Allen, founder and director of The Light Surgeons, lead artist, director and creative producer for the for Super Everything, and also Tim Cowie, music director and one of the leading artists on the project. If you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my front row, or you can find it on the BFM app. And guys, you know, if, uh, if folks would like to uh, follow you guys, you guys, of course, are on social media, you have your website as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we're on all those things: Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, and we do have a website that we we haven't really updated very much in the <laughs> last four years because no one looks at websites anymore. But yeah, we're with the light. If you just look for the light surgeons, you you will you will find us. We hope.
1: Okay, and as you mentioned, you just released that vinyl and digital album of the music from Super Everything, right? And that's available. Yeah, it's a limited edition vinyl that's and digital album. That's
2: on Bandcamp. So. You can get the um, the record. It's a vinyl release of the the music. It's nine pieces of um, music that that we've talked about. Um, it's a it has a, a really lovely designed kind of gatefold album sleeve. It has a a, a poster, double sided poster uh, that's made from photography and video kind of elements from the show. It's got a twenty four page book that tells um, a lot more about the projects and photos from the performances and such. But yeah, it's on Bandcamp and it's on all the major streaming platforms. You, you know, the spotifys the, the Apple Music, the, okay. the Tidal, yeah. the, you know, gosh. Just many, where, where, do you, where do you want to get your music from yeah. these days?
1: Exactly. So I guess just search yeah. for Super Everything and the Light Surgeons and we'll find it, right?
2: Sure, it will, yeah. you. It will find you. Okay.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen. This has been Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9.
0: You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.